This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool and advisor on Motley Fool's Rule Your Retirement newsletter. Robert Brokamp, how are you? Just groovy. How are you, Allison? I'm good. We've received more than one email from our listeners saying, hey, really love you and bro. You guys are great. But it's really great when you have another person on the show so that it's just not your two voices going back and forth. So they tried to say it in really um, sweet, polite ways, but uh, it made me sad. And then I brought in Sean. Sean's here today. Hi, Sean. Hi there. So you guys will remember Sean. He is a financial advisor with Motley Fool Wealth Management, a sister company of The Motley Fool. And he is here because it's time for us. To embrace the season of giving by sharing some of the money-saving tips you, our dear listeners, sent in. We're also going to talk about five scientifically proven but ultimately bizarre ways to save money while you're out holiday shopping, and we'll also have a quick check-in with our accountability buddies, like Sean. Yay! (laughs) All that and, actually, that's probably enough on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. So a few weeks back, or maybe it was months or years, I don't know, we shared some money management tips and hacks. And we asked you to share yours. And you guys are awesome because you wrote in with some really thoughtful and interesting ideas. Yes. Thank you very much, actually. They really were very interesting. Yeah. And so we're going to read some of them today. So the first one comes from Sarah. And Sarah writes, My tip and trick is, whenever you wish to spend money on something indulgent or beyond basic necessities, for example, extravagant food, night out, trip away, buying something you want but don't need, then you contribute towards this by unloading, selling something, or working a few more shifts, etc. I have managed to move on various items that are unnecessary in my life through local Craigslist to fund events, trips, and purchases in the past year. This even worked better as by parting with items allows you to have an uncluttered life and house. There have been some items I've let go for bargain prices just to keep them moving, and it's very satisfying seeing smiles on faces for people who've gained the item I no longer require in my life. I like that advice. I particularly like it because you are tying some things that are not necessary to um, something that you do, right? So first of all, you have to make the effort to do it, and it also provides sort of a guideline on how much you should spend on that. So I'm sure many people, especially if you're married, you discuss how much should we spend on our vacation this year or on the holidays. And I like if you if you tie it to something like, well, it depends on the bonus I get or or if you work overtime, or if we can sell this stuff, then we create room to buy this other stuff. I like it because it doesn't make you go extreme. So there's an alternative one where you just have a smaller space and you can't fill it up. So this is sort of the same idea, but you don't have to make crazy modifications. You can just get rid of something to get a new thing. And I think that's a nice one-to-one action. And I will say that my wife and I are in the middle of selling a lot of our stuff on Craigslist. Goodness gracious. Like I put up an end for a couch and I got like 15 replies within an hour. Sorry to the 14 people who did not get the couch, but yeah, it works. At least in a big metropolitan area like ours, it definitely works. Yeah, cool. All right, next one comes from Joanna. It's a quick one. When I feel that I'm losing control of my spending, I stop using the credit cards and only buy with cash. That slows me down and makes me think before I spend. This is Diana. Miss you, Day Day. Miss you. Diana's big thing, always paying with cash. 
Yeah. And uh, you'll often read that studies show that, that prove this, um, particularly if you're like me, I hate going to the ATM. Um, so I hold on to my cash as long as possible. And if I say I'm only going to spend with cash, then you already got a built-in bumper there on how much you're going to spend. Yeah. And I think the credit card is always a nice backstop. And so if you have cash always at the ready, then this might not be as good of a rule. So I guess it depends on what method of payment you like to use. So just be careful with this one if you don't have cash and you actually need something to take it care of. <laughs> I will add a flip side of this too, and that is if you're a couple and managing money together, if you use a credit card, you get to see what everyone spends on. If everyone's using cash, um, mm. you don't know what people have been spending, where the money goes. So there's a, a flip side of that, and that I, I certainly know of people who use cash because they want to hide purchases more than um, they're doing it to restrain their spending. Do I know these people? We'll you're talk talking later. to one. Yeah, you're talking to one right now. <laughs> <laughs> you hiding shopping bags in the trunk of your? Oh wait, you don't have a car. You ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one comes from actually not one, five, five pieces of advice from Ashley in New Jersey. So, her first one, number one, I constantly look ahead to predict any upcoming out of the ordinary money expenses, even if it's a while away, and I then start an envelope for each thing and go filling it with odd job money or a little for each check. I start saving for Christmas in the summer, and I am currently saving for my brother's graduation next June. This is like the old, the good old fashioned envelope method. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's impressive. She's a teacher, so she's a woman after my own heart. But, um, I mean, the more <laughs> you there, can, bro. Hello. Just for her brain. Number two, I have a very ambitious money-saving goal that actually will take me saving every last penny to achieve. Every time I overspend, it puts me farther from that goal. I know I'll get there, but I keep delaying the gratification. This this sounds like somebody I know, Sean. Yeah, this is all me. I, I'm going to get her number now. <laughs> just, how do we get all, all of us in the same room? <laughs> all right, here's one for Rick then. Number three, I never spend money at work, and if I have to or I spend it around work, I always think how long I have I had to work to make that money that I just spent. $10 lunches? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later in the show. I like how spending $10 is the same as not spending. Because <laughs> let's set the bar at a, a reasonable place, and we'll, we'll work from there. Number four, I have competitions with myself to see how long I can go without swiping my card. I usually keep about $20 in cash in my wallet just in case, but no swiping saves a lot. I like this one, yeah. being in competition with herself. Or well, it's like swiping. the tracking thing we talked about, like the Seinfeld method of just, you know, once you get a track, a series of days where you've done what you've wanted to do, you don't want to break the chain. Break the chain. Yeah. And her last piece of advice, I only shop online if I can help it. I used to go to the mall for entertainment, which always meant I'd leave with things I didn't need. If I don't even go, I avoid the feeling of needing to buy and waste my money and hurt the environment. Also, just stopping to think that literally every good I consume will someday end up in the garbage keeps me from spending as well. So, I expect you two to start fighting over Ashley here pretty quickly, <laughs> like throwing punches. Even though she one of is. you is married and the other one has is living with your girlfriend. But um, We still admire Ashley for her spending habits. <laughs> I'm quite smitten. Totally financial and platonic. Um, yeah, actually, the, the one I highlighted as I was reading through it was one that's really up Sean's alley, and that is 
think that literally everything you buy eventually is going to get thrown away. And, and actually, my wife and I are going through that process. When you start looking through every room and every closet, how much stuff you bought that you don't want anymore, you could have a yard sale, you can donate it. You probably have heard that you know when you don't drop stuff off at Goodwill at the thrift store, they end up throwing away like 80% of it. Um, so even that doesn't really do a whole lot of good. It's, it's really disheartening. It is. I think Ashley gets to the core with her tips of the behaviors. It's not some kind of quirky hack. It, it is, if you remove yourself from the location by not spending money at the malls, you're actually not presenting the opportunity to spend money. So, I used to have a really bad pop drinking problem. If I stopped buying pop at the grocery store, I don't drink pop. You know, Sean's it's, from the Midwest, I was everybody. Say, yeah. Where did he grow up? <laughs> Soda. Pop. From Canada? Soda pop. No, I don't know. And uh, then the other one, you know, again, that's tying the motivator of maybe environmentalism or whatever passion you have to money also helps. So I think those are really smart tips. So our last letter comes from Tom with an H, and he writes The big picture categories often recommended by budgeting experts are almost useless. For example, dividing spending between discretionary, non discretionary, and or fixed and variable expenses. So instead, he recommends that you divide your spending into three categories. First, Category spending you won't change, which might include your gasoline, mortgage, etc., or not. Two, recurring bills you can eliminate or trim, which may or may not be your cable bill, insurance, phone service, etc. And three, spending you are willing to control on an ongoing basis, which might include eating out, groceries, etc., but will actually be only a few categories that you need to track. So the big picture exercise needs only to be done once a year, and on a day-to-day basis, you need only focus on Category 3 items. He talks about how you should also use Mint or personal capital to track your spending. Him and his wife use the Good Budget app. Yeah, and what I like about, when people think of budgeting, and they might have read how to do it, and they might have been told, you know, track every penny, bring home every receipt, catalog it somewhere in a spreadsheet, and that it can be very burdensome. A lot of people don't like that. What I like about what he's doing here is basically saying, at least once a year, sit down and find out, okay, like here's something that's technically fixed. It could be your mortgage because it is fixed, or it's just like cable. I love cable, and it's not going away, so it's fixed as far as I'm concerned. And then just choosing the three things that you monitor on a regular basis. Yeah, and I think he's getting to a point where how these messages resonate with people is very different. So I think while these are great suggestions, they resonate particularly well with Tom, whereas discretionary and non-discretionary is my bread and butter. If you tell me those words, I melt in your hands. <laughs> and, or, you know, it's needs and wants. You know, just the basic categories, whatever you need to tie yourself to, to help wrap your head around where your spending is going. Yeah. And I love that the app is great. I mean, my wife and I did that for a while. We sort of fell off the wagon, which maybe we'll talk about a little later. But it is helpful. If you, if you Every time you spend something, you log it there. We, I think we used Best Budget, and we said you have $300 a month to spend on these categories. What you don't spend that month gets carried over to the next month, so it gives you a little bit of an incentive. Well, I want to thank everyone who sent in their little budget tips and tricks and hacks. You guys are awesome, and you're probably better at money than me. And me. Not at all. And keep sending them in, folks, because we love. We might talk about them in a future podcast. Yeah. Might use them in an article. Pass them along to other people. It'll do good. If you're a shopaholic, don't blame shopahol. Blame 
dopamine. It's the chemical that floods your brain and gives you a happy rush when you buy stuff. That's because it's released when we experience something new, exciting, or challenging. You can combat the effects of dopamine by creating and sticking to a shopping list, instituting a cooling off period before you make big purchases, and not shopping when you're depressed. There's tons of tips out there. But here are five other relatively impractical but scientifically proven ways to spend less the next time you go shopping. You guys ready? These are fun. Science! First one. You should wear high heels and drink five glasses of water. I do this all the time. I believe you. I believe you. (laughs) All right, so this works, but not why you think it would work, right? Why would you think this would work? You're always in the bathroom peeing. You don't have time to shop. Right. Right? And like being in high heel shoes, you guys wouldn't know this. They're uncomfortable, so you probably don't want to be on your feet. Well, actually... The reason why this works is because you have to exert more self-control if you are balancing in high heels or holding your bladder. And as a result, you exhibit more self-control over your spending. Rick, you look so skeptical of this. Oh, I don't know if I'm skeptical. I just don't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) The water one comes from the the University University of Twente. In the Netherlands. This is similar to actually to the book Willpower, written yes. by Roy Baumeister of Florida State and John Tierney of the New York Times, about how willpower is a muscle, and you can exercise it, and you doing one thing that seems absolutely unrelated to other things actually increases your ability to follow through on goals, resist things that you know you shouldn't be doing. So there is some science behind that. I told you there's science. All of these have science behind them. Science. This well, was from Brigham Young University, and as I said, the University of Twente. In the Netherlands, which is a thing. Rick, stop laughing in the control room. <laughs> so the next one is that you should use crisp new money when you are shopping because, according to the U.S. Journal of Consumer Research, we are more eager to get rid of crumpled up ugly bills and we tend to like to hold on to the crisp new ones. Did you ever meet anyone who irons their money? No. I think they only do that in the movies. No. I have some, some older relatives who would iron their money. And starch? Would they starch it? Because I think I guess they, need a I think they do starch it, yeah. Do they hang them it up? It is impressive. Like on a clothesline? <laughs> Just hanging up outside. Yes. Yeah. All right. The next one is to avoid red and green things. Apparently, Christmas colors are colors of evil spending. Red stimulates and energizes. Apparently, waitresses who wear red uniforms receive 14 to 26% higher tips than those who don't. And green is perceived as an optimistic color associated with wealth and luck. So these colors cause you to spend more, supposedly. So Christmas. Oof. Santa, huh? Right? Manipulator. Don't touch anything is the next one because we are significantly more likely to buy stuff we touch. This is according to researchers at Ohio State University and Illinois State University. Maybe you've heard of those, Rick. There's no <laughs> read to be no reason to be skeptical of those universities. I'm just wondering how you buy things without touching them. But you know, like With I when mind. I'm walking through like a department store, like through a closing section, my hands are constantly like reaching out and touching fabrics. And why are you laughing at that? That's what I do. I'm just imagining you in the food aisle. <laughs> <laughs> or the men's store. Oh, Sparrows, that is an oily piece of pizza. 
Orange Julius, let me dip my hand in you. <laughs> Last one is don't smell anything or listen to sappy music. That's because studies have shown that the right scent can increase our perception of the quality of a product, and it gets people to shop longer. Basically, if a place smells good, you're going to stick around. Like the Westin. Have you ever been to a Westin hotel? Oh, yeah. It smells fantastic, and they spent a ton of money to get to get their signature scent. And you can buy their lotion, or secret, you can just go into their bathrooms and steal some, which Deanna and I used to do. <laughs> Money-saving tip number 37. <laughs> Walk to the Westin in Old Town Alexandria, and in the upstairs women's bathroom, they'll put out little bottles of complimentary lotion, and then you just fill your bag and go home. That's it's good-smelling lotion. Done. I'm there. I'm not sure that's legal. <laughs> to steal the lotion from the Westin? The word steal is a tip off there. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, okay, let me rephrase that. So they leave out little complimentary bottles of lotion and you just go in and you help yourself. How about that? Is that better? Sounds brilliant. I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> it's probably only It's also illegal. Restroom. Yeah, also illegal to enter a woman's yeah. restroom. I'll hook you up, Rick. <laughs> I'll hook you up. And you're going to start smelling so good like the Westin. Finally. West all right, and also, like I said, you can't listen to sappy music because songs like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas will trigger your feelings of nostalgia and it puts you into more of a giving mood. Uh, well, so here's a couple tips. So as fools know, I give away a Christmas CD every mm -hmm. year. Nice, cheap way to give a gift. You should make a list on Spotify and then we can share it with listeners. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, but so I know a lot about Christmas music. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas actually was in Meet Me in St. Louis, Judy Garland movie. It was actually originally a sad song. <laughs> this is, here's some of the original lyrics. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It may be your last. <laughs> Next year, we may all be living in the past because she was singing it to her siblings because the dad had to move to New, <laughs> to New York. To the boy next door. Yeah. Uh, and then Judy Garland protested. They changed some of the lyrics, but one of the lyrics was... Uh, until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow, which is in some versions. Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. Then Frank Sinatra did it, and he said, can we jolly up the lyrics here? So he's the one. And then they change it to hang a shining star on the highest bow. So if you don't want to spend a lot of money, get the original version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It'll make you depressed, and you won't spend money. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. Depressed people spend more money. That was another thing we that learned was another in our thing research. We learned. Man. You just can't win. You can't win. Judy Garland. You're blaming Judy Don't do that. Come on. The moral of the story is is that you have to basically shut off all of your senses when you go <laughs> shopping. Put on blinders and just get what you need and get out. Yes. I guess it's like only use your eyes and have someone as your personal toucher next to you. So you do not have to do the touching yourself. Don't smell. Don't listen. Anything else? Don't touch. Oh, it Taste. We didn't talk about, so don't lick anything while you're at the store either. I don't think we have to tell our listeners not to lick stuff at the store. But just in case we do, seriously, people don't, don't, lick, do don't lick stuff. That's, that's absolutely it. disgusting. That's how people get sick. A few episodes back, we talked about the habit loop and the importance of having a buddy to keep you accountable for instituting new habits. An accountability buddy, if you were. And yes, I stole the name from South Park. And no, you shouldn't go watch that episode of South Park because South Park. So, <laughs> Sean is here. As you know, 
financial planner with Motley Fool Wealth Management, a sister company of the Motley Fool, because he was part of our original Accountability Buddy Pact. So, who wants to go first with their update of how they did with the new habit that they were going to instill? I believe it was about a month ago we said we were going to do this. We all we all agreed we were going to do something, keep each other accountable, and report back. Who wants to go first? Rosha. Uh, yeah, so let's start with the bad news first, <laughs> and that I am the worst. But since you guys are my accountability buddies, it's your fault, obviously, okay? Uh, no. So, my goal was to use Mint to create a weekly report that I would send to my wife and we would use it as a way to communicate how we're doing on our goals and things like that. And I just flat out haven't gotten around to it. And I think partially is because I bought, I've used Quicken before, um, and I bought it again relatively recently and had a ton of trouble linking things up. You may have read in the news that now more banks are not allowing people to do it. So I think in my mind, I was like, ugh, I don't have to sit there for two hours and get this thing set up. I had it set up in the past. But that's my lame excuse. So, I obviously need more accountability. So, I think we could all decide on something really bad or embarrassing I have to do if I haven't done this by the next episode. That's how you want you want it to be a punishment? I, yeah, I think, I, was, I think I need more incentive. Well, I was going to also take a page from your our previous episode, our gift-giving guide, where you talked about how sometimes you need to give people the gift of time. So, I was going to offer if there's anything I can do to let oh. you block off some time to oh. do it. Can you write my next issue? It's going out tomorrow. Your next issue of Rule Your Retirement yeah. newsletter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it okay if it's just like my thoughts on Here are more pictures life, of my daughter. Pictures of my daughter, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I will have to That's consider that. Yeah. But obviously, public shame wasn't enough, so I need something else. To even more public even, yeah. even Yeah. So, we'll, we'll talk. If you have ideas, I'm open to them. You heard that, listeners. Yeah. Send in your ideas for how we can shame bro if he doesn't do this. There you go. Do it. Yeah. Send it in. Okay. All right. And Sean, I don't remember what you pledged. What did you pledge? The No Spend Weekend. Yes. Yeah. I was probably more overambitious than I should have been. Uh, I said I was going to do two No Spend Weekends. I got one. I did not get two. Uh, Thanksgiving really mm. kind of kicked my butt. Um but yeah, I did do it, and I think it's stupid. And here's <laughs> why. <laughs> so I'm naturally a, a pretty frugal guy. When you are restricted like that, it sort of makes you want to rebel against the idea itself. I didn't really anticipate that being a thing. That's interesting. But it it happened to me. I was I I just being naturally frugal. Uh, I just didn't think it was you too far. Yeah, I, I broke. And so I did spend on Thanksgiving, but I did do it. It's an interesting practice, um, but yeah, I, 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 the, the social pressure was an accounting factor, though. That's good. So I, I'm bummed that our friendship didn't mean anything to you, whereas it clearly did to us. <laughs> Maybe you should, what about the small spend weekend or the half spend weekend or something like that, or is it just the whole like I already have imposed all this on myself already. I don't need anything else. No, I think uh, actually to harken back to one of the reader hacks, having a maybe a specific no spending at work, S- something smaller, more palatable is definitely a way to go versus a carte blanche, you know, just nothing on a day. It's it's really tough to do, not not fun. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Rick, do you want to go next? Yours was you weren't going to spend more than ten dollars on lunch, and. Against that extremely uh, ambitious goal, I'm aces. I've done a really good job. Yay! Obviously, Yay! obviously, it was not a challenge. Uh, Ten dollars for lunch is really not hard, and I'm 
you know, I think I need to set the bar a little, you take a little it down higher. To eight? A little higher. Take it know. to eight. Even eight is okay because of that salad at the barbecue place. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to do. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think I need something more challenging. But my other thing was I was going to open a... 529? Yeah, yeah, for my kid's college. Yep. And I have not yet done that. But we have till the end of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so still on my plate. Yeah, so with a 529, the deadline part you're talking about is to get a tax deduction if you're contributing to the Virginia. You live in Maryland, right? No, the deadline I'm talking about is that we said we had to do this by the end of the year. Oh, sorry. <laughs> do you have added incentive for why he needs to get it done this year? In Virginia, if you contribute to the Virginia 529, you get a deduction in your Virginia state return. So I don't know if that's the same for Maryland. We could look that up. Let's. But otherwise, there's no like the the, the contribution limits are like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So you, and it's not an annual thing. So there's no annual like like you would with an IRA or four hundred one k. All right. Well, mine was that I was going to track my daily spending, which for the most part I did. I downloaded an app called Expense, I think. And basically, it's just a real simple one where you track your spending. And every evening, if I didn't say that I'd spent something, it would nudge me and say, hey, did you spend any money today? And I would say, oh, yeah, I did. Uh, and basically, what I learned is that I spend a lot of um, my day-to-day -day spending is on food. Like, literally everything was Whole Foods, Safeway, Panera for lunch. That's all I spend money on is feeding myself and my family. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Don't go to Whole Foods, maybe. I don't know. I think the thing I love about your reaction, even when you kind of first said it before we started recording, you're like, I spent a lot of money on food, and you don't have an action item to take away from it. But the cool thing is, you'll think about it. And so yeah. going forward, now it's kind of like this worm in your head, and you're going to try, and your mind will do permutations to say, maybe I could do this differently, or maybe I could do that differently. It might take a while, but you'll figure something out. And that's the really cool thing about getting a handle on where it's going. Thanks. You just made me feel a lot better. That's what I'm here for. By the way, I've been using the Streaks app, which is kind of like the app version of the chain. Oh, you, yeah. And it took me a while to get used to it, but now that I have gotten used to it, uh, it, it works. I don't like breaking that chain over Thanksgiving when I had no control over whether the family was going out for lunch or whatever, and I couldn't hit the cheap lunch button. It hurt. I was like, I'm breaking my chain. Nice. Oh, cool. Cool. All right, Streaks. Streaks. Cool. All right. Well, then we'll check in again in a month or so, I mean, after the holidays and see how we're doing. Yep. And bro, let me know how I can help you. I appreciate that. Send in your suggestions, everyone. Make it really embarrassing, and we'll choose one, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think you could walk around in this Halloween costume in public. The whatever. I know that's why it has to be really embarrassing because I've already done some pretty embarrassing things. No, in my but I life. mean like down the street. Oh, you mean like do it now? Like yeah. now, do it. Okay, well, that's a possibility. <laughs> like go to Starbucks and and in your Princess Leia costume. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And like tell them how it's not as good as Jabba the Hutt or whatever. <laughs> Jabba, so the, Jabba yes. the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt. That was it. I, I think maybe it is like go to the mall in my red high heels. I think that might be That'll it work. Too. That'll do it. We'll take pictures. We'll put them up online. All right. That's going to do it for today. Our email is answers at fool.com. Don't forget to send us your embarrassing things that Brocamp should do if he fails to do his mint thing. Whatever. Yeah? Yeah. Answers at fool.com. Send him your worst. And I promise you, we do have a great big mailbag episode coming up very soon. So thank you for all your questions. And also thanks to you, thanks to you for all your compliments and kind words. You guys are nice. Thanks for liking us. <laughs> we like you back. We like you too. We do. All right. The show is edited merrily. 
by Rick Engdahl. For Robert Brokamp and Sean Gates, I'm Allison Southwick. Full on. <laughs> <laughs>